Welcome to Stuck in My Mind podcast, the show where we dive into the mind of a regular guy on his road to self-discovery. You'll hear everyday people just like you share the latest topics, personal stories, and things they've learned along the way. And now, please welcome your host, Wise. Welcome to another episode. I am your host, W-I-Z-E. And on today's episode, I have two special guests on. They're authors from Erie, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Crystal and Andrew Underwood. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Hey, how y'all doing today? Thank you. Not bad. It's almost the weekend. (laughs) All right. So, (laughs) well, for me, I have uh, two more work days and then it's my weekend. But then I'm I'm still podcasting and stuff like that, so I'm always busy. So, all right. So the title the title of the first book is "Secret of the Eight. Can you can you tell us something about the book? Uh, it's a book about a group of misfit kids. Um, uh, one of the main characters, Ben, moves into a, a haunted house, and uh, they make he makes new friends while he's there. And in the process, they uh, they discover that there's a, a mystery that needs to be solved. And I mean, Sarah is, uh, is the, the book is written in two point of views. So you have the male point of view and the female point of view. Um, Sarah is is the the main girl in the in the book that introduces herself to the new kid who just moved into the haunted house. Um, she's different in a way uh, that she can see ghosts. But she doesn't let on to everybody because she already feels different. Um, and once the group of kids in this little town kind of unify together, they find out uh, a lot about themselves, um, that teamwork can work between people who are extremely different. And then they gain some powers along the way to help them solve a mystery. Yeah, I see. Yeah, very into anti-bullying and stuff. And I, I, I'm all for, I'm all for that. I have some nephews coming up now. I have my grandsons that are that mean the world to me. So I want them to come up in a better world where they don't have to worry about being bullied for for being special and being unique. Yeah, we try to highlight characters. Um, like in the first book, there's um, Sarah who has red hair. Um, Ben who is kind of a geek. Nate is a uh, deaf kid, and they're siblings, and they all have something about them where they just don't fit in. Um, we even included the bully uh, in book one, and then the second book we wrote in um, a character with OCD, um, which is is familiar to us because I have a relative that struggles with it. And the third book um, we are highlighting Down syndrome and a gay character. And what we're our, our main premise behind this is that uh, it's not only a, a really good, scary story, um, but it's a story that shows that uh, uh, that acceptance is better than tolerance and uh, that bullying is not acceptable. And it even even helps us understand why why sometimes people are bullies themselves. Um, but uh, you know, we wanted to we wanted to be inclusive with the characters in our books. Uh, that you know, if some kid picks it up, or even an adult, uh, we found that the adults have been able to uh, read the characters and say, you know, I feel that way too. Even as an adult, you know, we think we sometimes think that bullying is just for kids, but it's not. Uh, adults get bullied a lot too, and and so just just this message of. Uh, understanding and acceptance you know even if just one person picks up the book and says i know i feel that way and it gives them an idea of you know maybe they need to do something different so that they either are not being bullied or 
somebody who is bullying and they don't realize it can re- uh, maybe step into somebody else's shoes for a minute and say, you know, maybe I am doing that. Maybe I shouldn't. Definitely. Cause uh, bullying does carry through to your adult life. Um, I mean, we were both bullied as children by children and adults alike. I was bullied by uh, people I thought were my friends. Uh, and a teacher. Um, you can be bullied by a parent uh, that just doesn't understand you. Um, but you do carry it through to your adult life. And uh, sometimes you need therapy to get through it. it. It's not something that is something you can get over. You can't just forget it. Um, it really forms the person you are when you when you grow up. Oh, no, that's definitely something when me and my nephew, we talk on our programs and stuff like that. We talk about how people should go go seek therapy. And especially for male minorities, it's like a stigmatism where if you go get help, there's something wrong with you. Like, no, people need to go out and seek therapy. If something if something has happened to you, you definitely need to speak to some a professional that can help get you through these tough times. You're right. not, not going to find the answers yourself. Skills, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to have coping skills. You have to have sometimes exercises to work on. Myself, I've been in therapy on and off since childhood for social anxiety. Um, and it's it's a big part of my life, but it doesn't control me anymore. Um, and I think that if someone really desires to find out why they do what they do, maybe they were a bully, they don't want to be anymore. It, it could stem from something in childhood that, that they need to talk through. Um, and we don't want people to feel helpless and suicide. We're very uh, aware of the suicides that are going on with our young uh, children and they have so much to live for, but they feel like they're alone and we don't want them. No, I, I, I feel you because um, a friend of mine, her, her her son committed suicide and it was it was a tragic event. And right, especially now during the pandemic, people feel isolated. People feel alone. They feel like they can't find someone to talk to and, and they just they just don't feel like they belong here. And, and it's 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 crazy. It's, it's these people need help and the government they don't care about the common people for some reason it's, if you're not big business you don't you don't matter to them if, if you're not if you're not making them money if you're not lining these politicians pockets it doesn't matter they try and they don't provide people with enough services to to seek these treatment they they, they treat it as if it's a joke they don't they don't treat they don't recognize that they don't treat it as an illness they don't treat it as something that people suffer some some very traumatic things in their lives growing up as a child being bullied and and being picked on for being different right and and the one thing that uh, uh that we hope uh, the message comes out in our book that it's okay to be different uh you don't have to try to act like you're normal uh i i've i learned lessons early on that if you tr- if you pretend to be normal long enough you eventually don't you completely lose who you are and uh we we talked to uh, a youth group about a year ago yeah it was in uh baltimore in, in baltimore we were invited down by uh, uh, a friend and uh, she had us uh, talk to the parents and talk to the uh, uh, talk to the teens and the kids. And when we talked to the kids, we we wanted to let them know that there are people out there and there are programs out there that they can go to to get help. Uh, there's online systems on there where you, there's uh, a peer that you can that's there for their 24, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right, crisis centers, crisis and, centers. Yeah. You don't have to feel alone. And a lot of times, that's why these things happen is because you get to to the point where you feel like there's nobody. And when we talked to these kids, we told them, I said, maybe it's just getting your parents' attention. Um, I had my one son, and I've told this story a couple of times, but I had one of my children. Uh, I hate these things, even though 
know, you have to live with them. I, but I was on my phone and he was trying to talk to me. And I did the typical parent thing of, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, no problem. He felt that I wasn't paying attention. He came up and he took my phone out of my hands and he set it down. And then he put his hands on the sides of my face and he says, Dad, you're not listening. And we told these kids, if you feel like your parents aren't listening, make yourself know. Get in their face. And we told the parents, if your child is acting out of the ordinary or isolating, you know, knock on their bedroom door and say, hey, can I come in and sit and talk for a little bit? It's opening up the conversation. Um, A lot of these youth are in high-risk areas um, where there's a lot of crime and there's not a lot of positivity in their neighborhood. And they need a strong person, a strong parent or a mentor to help them sometimes. Because like you said, there aren't a lot of outlets for, you know, at-risk youth in some of these big cities. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's And it, it, you would think that that should be priority number one. Like we know that we're going through the pandemic. You know that people are feeling, feeling enclosed, feeling that they're alone, feeling like they're being abandoned. And, and it shouldn't be that way. Because you, you see enough, honestly, I barely see any commercials for advertising if someone needs help or anything on any any of these you rarely see it on TV and mm-hmm. but you see all types of other commercials so that that's one of my issues like you, you see commercials for everything else but something that can help prevent lives save lives you rarely see is not something you see frequently. And, and, and I think I think that is something that needs to happen on a grassroots basis. I think we need to, uh, just like we're doing right now, you know, having podcasts that they can get access to, uh, you know, either whether it's on their smartphone or whether it's uh, on their computer or their, uh, you know, whatever avenue that we need to take, uh, we need to get that message out there. And we need to talk as a parent, you know, if you're talking to your kids, you can say, hey, when I was your age, this is what I went through. This is how I dealt with it. You know, you're not the only one to ever feel this way. I just think there's a a disconnect between parents and kids nowadays just because of the social media influence that they have in their lives because you would think because honestly you would think because when we when we were out during our time when we were all younger it, it would end once you came home from school it's not that way yeah, anymore exactly. it's not that um, way you're getting hit on facebook you're getting hit on instagram you're getting hit on twitter you're getting you're getting hit everywhere you, you can't escape it for us we used to mm-hmm. go home and we wouldn't have to worry about the bully till was- till we went to school the next day but now yeah, with we social could, we media yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, now with social media, there's there's no escape. These kids can be vicious. Yeah, they can, and we both experienced that with uh, with our own kids and trying to, and and that's where as parents, uh, not only communicating with our kids, but understanding that maybe we need to create a safe place uh, within our homes. Uh, you know, tell them, for me, it's put my phone down and and walk away from it so that I spend quality time uh, with my children versus uh, half the evening on Facebook or Twitter or, or Instagram, uh, paying attention to what they're doing. Uh, Promoting something active for them to do that you could help them with, whether it be, you know, a craft or woodworking or, or anything hands-on. Um, that can get them away from their phones. It's it's a very difficult time. And um, I've noticed even with my daughter, her preference for conversation isn't always in person and face-to-face. It, a lot of it is texting, and she doesn't even like to talk on the phone. But if I put her in the car and we go for a drive, 
she will talk my ear off. And I think it's just because I'm not looking at her. It's like she feels safe. She doesn't, you know, have to worry. And we have our best conversations there. Um, but each child is different. You really have to get to know wh- how they work and, and the best way to approach them as far as talking. So the what's, the what's the title of the second book? The second book is called The Wandering, and it's the same group of kids. Uh, and this time, uh, the parents, since they just got done solving a mystery in their, uh, in their hometown, the parents want to ship them off so they kind of keep them out of trouble, but they don't realize that sending them to summer camp just got them something else. <laughs> It continues uh, another mystery with the same kids um, and their powers start to get stronger and they start to add people to their group. And um, and eventually in the third book, we will explain where those powers come from. So it's kind of like a transformation um, from just ordinary misfit kids to something more important. And then they, it's kind of a, it's also a book on self-discovery. They, they start to uh, include others within their group that are, are different. And uh, the, the one thing that we, we try to try to promote in our book that uh, differences are okay. And that by accepting the difference in others versus tolerating, uh, you open up a whole world of possibilities. And something, sometimes being different is better than just being ordinary. It means you're extraordinary. And I think that most kids see that when they're different, that it's that you're less than and you're not. It, besides, if we were all the same, it would be a really boring, you know, life. Everybody's unique and different in, the, in their own special way. And when we've come to realize it, everybody's this, it's no one is perfect. Everyone has their flaws and that's OK. And that's all right. Just accept them for who they are. That's a, I'm, I'm the kind of person I was raised by my mom and she taught me to treat people the way I want to be treated. And that's how mm-hmm. I've been my whole entire life. So if I treat you with the utmost respect, I treat, I expect that in return regardless. And it didn't matter to me race. Any, it didn't matter to me. Any, any Anyone who, who I show respect to I, is, is what I, I expect in return. That's just how I am. So I wouldn't want, I wouldn't treat anyone any, any way I wouldn't want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, um, I grew up in, in a household. Uh, they were very, um, my parents were very kind, um, accepting. Um, we always had friends over um i guess our house was the house to be at because our our parents just love having everybody around and i was taught it, you know it doesn't matter you know if you know so and so is gay or so and so has down syndrome um it doesn't matter you know you can still be friends you can still talk to them you don't have to be afraid and it's fine i mean my mom was very upfront about everything and i felt very lucky that you know she taught me that way because i taught my daughter that way as well um and i know you have too right it's it's um you know having my four children i I learned very quickly with my second child that discipline takes on a whole different meaning each and communication is different with each child you know there is no one size fits all for having kids uh each each kid each kid is different and you have to communicate with each child differently um i have my my one child that uh really taught me how to listen to him i had to be specific I said, I, I don't want you to go to your friend's house today. And his friend lived through the woods and about five miles away. So what he did was he went to his friend's neighbor's place and met him there. So I had to be specific <laughs> when I talked to my kids. I said, I would like you to stay home. Oh, Dad, you didn't tell me I couldn't go somewhere. You just said not to go to my friend's house. So communication is key. I, I, I can't stress that enough. 
Learn to communicate with your kids. Find out how they listen. A lot of we we talk about how there's the five languages of love. You know, we've heard that one thrown around on the internet and stuff like that. Well, I think there's probably ten times that when it comes to communicating with your children. Now, there's the body language. There's how they respond to you. My mom growing up as a kid, she would say, I love you a lot. And she would wait to see how we responded. If we responded with love you too, she knew there was a problem. And then she would pursue that with, okay, what's wrong? But uh, that was one of the methods that she taught me, which I in turn drive my kids nuts with, because I'll say, I love you. And then I'll wait for them to, okay, how are they going to respond? And then listen to it. And I look at the body language and I look at uh, the tone of voice that I get back, but communicate or learn how to. And these kids, these kids are growing up fast man they know they know things very quickly <laughs> they learn things very quickly these kids are just too quick sometimes i oh. think they i think they've skipped being a child and they've and, and with everything that's available and things that they've had to grow up with they've they went from child stage to adult stage and they've missed out on yeah, that missed. experience that we had. I, I feel my generation is probably one of the last generations that really played outside we really rode our bikes outside we would we would be running with the neighbors playing hide and go see playing manhunt playing whatever games we could play outside and we would come home when the street light came on and then yep, we would go home the same exact way <laughs> and then mm-hmm. we would that's be- why that's why we wrote the books the book books take place in the 1980s and that's when we grew up. And that's when we grew yeah. up. It's the time where you you were outside all day. You knew when to come home because the lights would come on. Um, the only phone you had was mounted on the wall in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have and you messed up. You had to start again. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I'm I'm 44 years old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, you I had really good imaginations I, too. <laughs> I I remember I remember all that. I remember if you messed up on the phone, you would have to start oh all over goodness. again. Start. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then and then and then when I tell them, oh, like as far as the internet, AOL and the and the ringing and all that, I'm like, yeah, I have it easy. Like right now, it's just <laughs> click. Yeah, the dial up. Somebody pick up the yeah, phone, you disconnect you. Yeah, they, they pick up the phone, disconnect, and then, hey, get off the phone. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, I'm I'm, a, I'm yeah, I was born in '76. I'm an '80s. I, I was raised in the '80s and '90s. So yeah, I, it was a different time for us. We actually played mm-hmm. outside and and enjoyed hanging outside and doing things and being active. It's good memories. And I think we captured a lot of that in our in our books. We didn't want them to come across as a history lesson, but we wanted to show a lighter side and a, a time when... Everything was more simple when it came to, you know, what kids did on their spare time. There weren't video games that you spent all hours playing, and there, there weren't cell phones in your pockets. I mean, you were out exploring. You were having fun. You were doing things with your friends. And, and most of the people uh, that have read it, I mean, adults and, and kids nowadays they love it they they said you know a lot of the adults said i didn't need to, to look up anything i understood it all because i grew up in that time and the kids are looking at their parents going did you guys really do this <laughs> was this something that you you, you went and, and and played kick the can or you went and you uh, dodgeball or you went and you played basketball on the street and you had to move the or hockey or whatever in the street the phones, the yeah and then you went back to your game said you guys really did this kind of opens up communication it's a it's a good segue for parents to talk to their kids and for kids to ask questions of their parents yeah and it's like oh my gosh you went to a, a library and you looked things up well you didn't 
didn't have a phone to do that. No, we didn't have that. We didn't have Google. We, we had a card file. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have. Yeah, we didn't really have computers back then either. No, we had to go through the card file. Like find actually had to do research. We really had to really go do research. Go to find whatever it was you was uh, looking up. Go to the index cards wherever, and actually find where everything was. Man, it wasn't just a click away. <laughs> yeah, now every every library has computers, and it's it's changed. Some might say it's changed for the worse. Some might say it's changed for the better. I don't know. I I see a lot of people out there using their Kindles to read, which is fine. I I am glad they're reading um, as opposed to doing other things. Um, But I still think there's nothing compared to holding that book in your hands and reading. And we're finding out because we've, we've put some of our books in the little libraries. People put out these little boxes on their properties or in parks. It's a free library and you can stick your books in there. You find out there's a lot of people utilizing those still. So I'm, I'm hoping that paper books will never go out of style. Well, we, we kind of, at my job, we have something similar. To, we have something like that where if there's a book you're not reading and you want to put it in the box, people come, take it, exchange books, put books. So yeah, we're, there's still play jobs that are still doing that. Yeah, and especially now that everybody's doing schooling online and there's been a lot of uh, increase in people borrowing books uh, and reading more, I think, just because, you know, what is there to do? You're limited to where you can go. You're limited to social, you know, not socializing with certain people. And I think it kind of returned our society back a little bit um, to figure out what they like to do. But guys, I appreciate you guys coming on, man. It's been great having you on. Tell everybody where they can find you, where uh, where can they find your book and anything else you want to plug. Okay. Uh, the books are available. If you want to buy the hardback or the uh the actual paper book, uh, you can either get in touch with us with our email address. Um, Which is uh, spidergangmysteries at gmail.com. You can also order it on thebookpatch.com, um, which is a um, publishing website that we have our book through. And um, it's also available in Kindle eBooks through Amazon. I'm actually, I'm actually, yeah, I actually downloaded it, so I will be reading it sh- soon, and uh, I'll let you awesome. know. Yeah, uh, the first book. I, I'm I'm sorry to say, but the first book is going to make you want to read the second book, <laughs> and the second book is going to say when is the third book going to be done? Because all we have is a teaser at the end of it. Yeah, and we are diligently diligently writing the. Third one. The third book as we speak. That one will be called Freaks to the Left. <laughs> and uh, so we are hoping to have that out there so we don't have angry mobs. So, yeah, uh, this year. This year. <laughs> awesome, awesome. But I appreciate you guys coming through, man. It was great having you on. Well, when Thank book, you for having us. Well, when book three comes out, you, yeah, I definitely have to come back on and promote it. Okay. Oh, not a Sounds problem. Sounds good. We, we All right. definitely do that. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Guys. No, go ahead. Did you, just, did you say something, Andrew? Good? Pardon? No, you good? Oh, I was just going to say, I, I wanted to, you know, uh, what was her? Catherine? Catherine, yes. Pink Cloud yes. Nine. Pink Cloud Nine, Pink yes. Cloud Nine. Thank you Fantastic. for setting this up. Yes, thank you, Catherine, for setting this up. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And uh, we are more than happy. No, uh, one of our one of our parting things to say, but we're more than happy if we're, if there's groups of kids or groups of adults who would like us to uh, sit down with them in a in a 
place like this, you know, online since we can, can get together as a group and just talk about issues and talk about uh, communications and stuff like that. And we, uh, we're looking forward to when the world can be a little bit more back to normal. We could possibly go to schools um, or other social settings and just talk. Um I, I think it's an important message that we need to get through. Awesome, guys. So I appreciate <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate you coming through. You have a great afternoon. Oh, well, yeah. Evening, I guess. Great evening. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Okay. Bye. We'll see you. Bye. Once again, thanks to Andrew and Crystal Underwood for stopping by. It was a pleasure having you guys. Now it's time for shout outs. Big shout out to my real wise family, Poppy J, King Sace, Brandy J. What up? Big shout out to my wife, Efina. Love you, baby. And big, big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless you. Be safe. You know how I do it. Wise is out. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Listen on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find us on social media on Twitter at wise underscore B underscore blunt. Instagram at wise underscore B underscore blunt. And a Facebook fan page, www.facebook slash wise76. Check back soon for new episodes. Until next time, peace out.